Welcome to Tuscan Radio. I'm I am Drew Gretsch. And I'm Mike Badrov. And today we are going full spoiler uh filled discussion review plus your feedback for the book of Boba Fett, chapter one, Stranger in a Strange Land. Which uh, is very controversial. Oh oh the episode or the title? Just the episode. I I'd agree I've, with that. It's very mixed right now. Like no one, it's there's like some middle ground there, but I feel like everyone's like it's so shit, and Star Wars is going the wrong way with the show, and then everyone's like, I love how this show's going more very focused character driven. Yeah, we will absolutely get into more of that. I'm actually quite mixed on this first episode. Um, but yeah, but Michael, I just, I just wanted to start off by thanking you for hopping on the show on um on Wednesday when I was. Away, I was anticipating being able to do it, but then, um, on Christmas, my my parents were like, so we're going to Paris tomorrow, and I'm like, what? <laughs> so, uh, you know, my pleasure. I'm I'm very glad that Michael is now able to uh, just hop on when I I can't. Uh, I, I believe that's gonna be the last time for this season of Boba Fett that we're gonna have to do that. There may be some things in Kenobi, depending on when that drops, little tidbits I, I may have heard on that release date. Um, uh, I don't want to say anything because I don't know if that's official or, or what, but uh, yeah. essentially it's possible the show could premiere before May 4th. Which everyone's uh, saying like, oh, well, Bad guys... Bad Batch Season 2 or... Uh, what, what show are you talking can, about here? I, I'm oh, talking Kenobi. about Kenobi. Yeah, Bad oh. Batch... I don't know if we'll do the instant takes because it's animation. Not that I don't love Star Wars animation. I'm just, I'd rather sleep than, than wake up extra early for a podcast. But You know what? I'll do that one for you. You'll, like, you'll do the instant takes on Bad Batch? I'll do it for Bad Batch because it's clones. And no matter what, I'll wake up for clones. I'll show you the new Bad Batch. I'll wake up for, for it. I'll wake up for it too. It's just I don't. We'll see. Like if if it's in the summer again, I'll Maybe be right there the with you. If, if 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 it's like in d- during the the school year though, I'm I'm I might be out on the early morning instant takes. But um, season yeah. premiere maybe. Season, Se- premiere. season premiere, I'll be there. Season premiere and season finale. If I like the season, um. And I I liked season one. I didn't love season one, but I I liked it. I thought I thought it, it was the best first season of Star Wars animation across all you four uh, canonical an- animated series. I thought it, it had the best first season. Well, I'm gonna disagree because I just love Star Wars and Clone Wars to bits. I do see where you're coming from on that. It, Clone Wars by far is. The superior to the Bad Batch in every way. Oh, but, I, gotta, I, I gotta be that person. We gotta go back to track because we could talk here for hours. <laughs> All right, but uh, yeah, season one of Clone Wars is meh. A little bit mixed around. A little bit mixed. Um, but yeah, uh, essentially we could seek Kenobi in, Mar- in March or April. Do not quote me on that. I do not know if it's true. Um, uh, but yeah. So, All right, neat. anyway, 
so just thank I just thank you so so much for that. It was awesome to not have to like delay uh yeah, my honor. the Honestly, Louvre trip for uh Book of Boba. Which the Louvre is awesome. If you guys go go to Paris, go to the Louvre. It's one of the biggest museums in the world. It's incredible. Like when you get to stand in in front of the actual original uh, Hammurabi's code. That that's awesome. Uh, and Hammurabi's code is the uh, it's the first set of laws that were ever written down. The whole like eye for an eye thing. So that was awesome. That was awesome. But let's get. But let's start start off w- with some listener feedback that does not actually relate to Book of Boba Fett. This is coming to us from the boss about two weeks ago. Um, sorry, I'm so sorry, uh, the, the the boss. We we just have not had a uh, a feedback episode of the podcast to discuss this on. So here we go. So uh, the boss tweeted at us at Tuscan Radio Pod. You should hear my dad jokes. Definitely not any type of of, of Godfather. That's just. A, a callback to um, our solo episode where Michael uh, started to to sort of haze the the, the boss a bit. It was... I, I, I like I like boss. I wasn't trying to haze him. It's just you know what <laughs> his, his commentary reads off like a kind uncle or kind godfather <laughs> trying to support you in everything you do. Yes, I I greatly agree. Uh, definitely not any type of godfather. What I meant about Kathleen Kennedy was about yeah she's a great producer but the but the creative control and direction of star wars should be given to dave filoni and, and Jeff Favreau. i don't disagree i Me i don't completely agree though either because i think star and this is what i think i was trying to get at on the last podcast that i was on just that's sort of where I feel Star Wars and Marvel differ, where they're trying to do a carbon copy and just recreate the MCU's success, which I don't think is possible. Like, I don't even think that think that if Marvel were to reboot in 50 years, they, they would have the same success that they're ha- having today. But... I mean, yeah, true, because, like, Marvel has Kevin Feige overseeing yes. pretty much everything, like the Master Planner, the Watcher... And Kevin Feige is like Kevin Feige is Uatu confirmed. Yes. <laughs> um, but the but the thing is that Marvel, the MCU, is one story. It's so interconnected. Like they have New York City as like the mm-hmm. home point for all the heroes, while Star Wars is this giant universe that makes every human look like a speck of dust, and even smaller than that in the grand exactly. scheme of things. Uh, I don't. Now look, we know that. Well, it's it's been rumored that Favreau and, and Filoni consulted on the scripts for Kenobi. They consulted on it because, I mean, they're doing a great job with The Mandalorian. Um, I have all the faith in the world for these last six episodes of Boba Fett. Um, I, I have a great deal of faith in them. I don't... I don't think I necessarily want to see them run Andor or The Acolyte. I'd, 
much rather see them focus on these three shows, being The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, and Ahsoka, than, you know, be a Kevin Feige for everything else. Yeah, but, like, I... The interconnectedness of right now with Star Wars is that Marvel can also play around with the timeline. Star Wars has never gotten into time. And I'm so glad that they stay away from that because it gets so messy so fast. So, I don't think that there's any real... Actually, they've gone into time once in Rebels. We got into time once. We we've gone into theories about how the about is the Mando and sequel same timeline or is it a variant reality or or what's going going on now? Yes, but Marvel because they literally have superheroes and scientists that go through portals on a regular different times and different multiverses. I, I don't ever want to see time travel in Star Wars on screen. Me neither. The Lego holiday special was one thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. Just because it's just fun. It's not canon. It's just fun. It's not canon. They call it canon. I'm going to be right. It, it can't be canon. Yeah. Speaking of canon, let's canon back into Book of Boba Fett. All right. So uh, the, the boss <laughs> continues... Uh, by timeline, I meant the interconnectedness between the, the, the different shows that the SW Galaxy is so huge. I guess the connectedness is not as important. I don't drink much coffee. I'm more of a tea person. <laughs> um, so I, I guess the boss was tweeting at us while we while listening to the podcast, which I, I always think is fun. Uh, but yeah, so this is the same thing that we just talked about. Yeah, um, yeah. Thanks for discussing my my feedback. Felt like the mistress in a marriage. <laughs> Hashtag dad jokes. Every director on Star Wars wants to be the, the new George Lucas. They want the platitudes, etc. Whereas with Dave Filoni and John Favreau, they allow the content to shine and they take a back seat. I completely agree. John Favreau has directed one episode of, of The Mandalorian. Which one was that? We which episode did John Favreau direct? He directed Chapter Nine: The Marshal, which again is my favorite oh. piece of live action Star Wars, and that is a discussion for in, in, in another time. Um, yes. Uh, but yeah, I, Favreau's written almost all of it. He he's written, I think, the majority of Boba Fett. I think so, so yeah. Uh, well, he at least wrote the premiere. Okay. No, let's just do a quick uh, IMDb check right here on yes. the Book of Boba Fett to see just how how many episodes uh, were written by... All right, so it looks like we only know that he wrote the first one. All right. That is all we know. We don't, we, we don't have an actual writer... So, IMDb show, shows for Chapter 2. Uh, three writers, John Favreau, because he's the creator of the series. Uh, George Lucas, because it's based on Star Wars. And then Noah Clore is a staff writer. I, I guess he's someone who just, like... How do you spell Clore? Uh, K-L-O-O-R. 
Uh, he he's previously worked on. I mean, I don't think this guy's all that important to the story. Is, he wrote for Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and Alien Xmas, and then what else would you know from? I, I really yeah, just. Oh, he also, also wrote Disney's live action Lion King. Wrote for that too. Interesting. Um. As as a Fairview coordinator, so he did not write anything for that movie, which oh, yeah. coincidentally was also directed by John Favreau. Oh, wait. So, Lion so King this Disney was directed by John Favreau. The new one was the twenty nineteen really? one. Yeah. Calling me surprised. Yeah, well, that's the main reason why he didn't direct any season one episodes, cause, is because he was so focused on Lion King. Wasn't that thing, like, yeah, not good? It's a bad movie. I, I really don't like that movie. All right. Okay, so the boss con- continues saying, I can o- only imagine how different things would have been if Filoni and Favreau took charge of the sequel trilogy. I don't mind different directors. It's great, but it should be under one vision. Not like sequels where each director did their shit and said to the next guy, here you go. And here's sort of the thing with writing. Writing, or so. Season one, and season two, of Mandalorian were both Favreau's show. On a film set, and and this is something like I was talking to Yvonne about on well, off the air, but we but we were, were talking talking about the Hawkeye finale, and he brought up the fact that there were two sets of directors for Hawkeye. There was. Bert and Birdie, a directing team, who yes. did episodes so three. Like, wake them up, directed the show. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I, I thought the same thing. It, it, so they did episodes three, four, and five, and I. So someone else said uh, one, two, and six. And if right. Yvonne brought up how like one, two, and six, in our opinion, and Michael, I know you disagree, and so do. Oh, a lot of other friends that I've talked to, um, that All one, right, two, one, two, and, and six were were lacking in some places, and Yvonne brought up the fact that it was different directors, and I said, but it was just one writer for the whole show, and writing on a movie is different than writing on TV because writing on TV, the director is there to serve the writer. On TV, the writer is the is the big man, the the big person. Yeah, true. Where on a film set, that is the director. So I honestly don't even think I'm gonna amend my previous statement that I probably ma- made on a podcast months ago. That it it could have been all th- three different directors, but just one writer. I. I don't fully agree with that statement anymore because the writer would then have to have some sort of actual command over the story for the movie. Yeah, so... Book of Boba Fett, I'm excited Book to Boba Fett, last one. <laughs> I feel like I'm just like... Kind of, last one, and then we will get, get, get into Book of Boba Fett. Uh, I really enjoyed Solo, especially 
from the point where Han meets Woody Harrelson character and crew, the yes. solo name I thought was lazy, but whatever. It started slow, but heist attempt until the end was fire. I completely agree. I love Solo. I think it's such a fun movie. Um, I'm actually writing a movie right now. For those of you who don't know, um, I my main plan in life is to become a writer and director and producer, all that stuff. Um, and is this I'm the Disneyland Death one. No, that is a different one. Uh, that is the next thing I'm writing. Oh, so that, so that is the next thing. It's because this script was more completed. And I've just been, like, way too busy. So I spent, like, the whole, like, 11-hour flight yesterday, like, writing this heist movie. And I'm almost oh, done with it. It's a heist movie. Oh. Um, and there are scenes in there that are very rem- rem- reminiscent of Solo. But I agree. I thought that the Solo name is really a problem that a lot of prequels have where it's like, look, look. This is how that character got the thing. Like, do, does like, did you ever wonder about Han about how Han Solo got his name? Well, yeah, kind of a little bit. When? Well, like when they called I, him Han Solo. I'm actually in, interested. At what point in your life as a Star Wars fan did you actually wonder how Han Solo got his name? Or, like, Lou Skywalker is, like, a funny enough name to be like, oh, yeah, that's definitely someone's last name. Yeah. And, like, that's like Han Solo. That's too good for, like, a ravishing, like, Captain Pirate ship dude. Well, that's just because... Well, that's just because George, as much as I love his movies, George isn't the best writer. No, let's remember, I was, like, six years old, and was like, yo, Han Solo, kind of a whack name. Uh, I don't disagree with you. Um, so let's talk Boba Fett. Yes. Uh, this is going to be full spoilers. Guys, how, how I do spoilers typically is uh, I don't feel bad about spoiling TV because it's TV and it's been out. Movies are different because... Well, you gotta what? No one. I feel like anyone that clicked on this episode is gonna be expecting exactly. It's it's, right it's been almost a a week at this point because we record the slay. Them changing the release it to be December thirty first. So yeah, uh, full spoilers follow. So all right, let's let's start. Let's start with just my basic thoughts because you gave your basic thoughts last yes. week when you did your solo podcast. Yes. Thought uh, it was a decent episode. Uh, I'm confused where it's going. It was very character driven. I loved what they did with the set. I thought the set was amazing. Yeah. Um, the score. It was dark and like that one part on Tatooine, which I didn't fully understand. But that Wait, which one part? The whole thing was on Tatooine. No, like uh, like the sorry, that's that was a stupid comment. Um, like when he's fighting the Tusken Raiders in the dark in the night, I couldn't really see anything. That is a complaint I've heard a lot. Um, I thought it was just my TV with like the sun glare because I was watching early in the morning. I'm like, oh yeah, it's just I've, the sun coming in from the back window. No, even with like I watched it later at night, still safe wrong. I've heard that from so many people. 
I've heard that from Alex. I've heard that from Yvonne. I've heard that from my friend Nick in Michigan. They're like, was there something wrong with the TV? Yeah, that that is a common complaint. I watched it on my phone at first because I was in Paris. (laughs) Um, And... Tell the truth in Paris. Yeah, so that, that didn't really affect me. So... Yeah. How did that affect you? Because I was able to adjust the brightness. Oh, and true. And it was at 9 a.m. and I was pretending to still be asleep. Uh, because all I ask is for 35 minutes of silence to watch a new Star Wars TV show on Disney+. Plus. So, yeah. Um, I... Am really very mixed on this first episode. I've seen this episode about four times now, and each time I watch it, I like it more. But it's it 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 started like you know a sick, and, and I really don't like to grade things anymore because whenever I give something like a a 7 out of 10 people are like why did you hate it? Why did you hate it? I feel like what this episode did and its only job was to to set the scene. It set the scene for Tatooine and what uh, Bo was gonna like what like Bo's lay of the land is because we're not completely sure what Maz Espa is yet too. It's not Maz Eisley where it's like oh there's a cantina down there uh, we haven't been to this scene before. Mandalorian exactly. didn't do that because he was going to be jumping around from planet to planet. But this planet is going to be where Boa, where, what I think, where Boa is going to be set up for the rest of the show. Because where else he's going to go besides like trade for like materials on other planets? Oh, that's right. He's probably not going to leave Tatooine all that much. Which yeah, makes so me wonder. This is like the only they really just wanted this episode to set the scene because everyone's like, okay, I like the speakeasy with like over here you got his chamber over here this like a giant thoroughfare area like kind of like downtown the grange where like there's a bunch of shops and everything yeah uh we may have 13 straight episodes Uh, of of live action star wars tv what where they don't leave tatooine oh because there's all of a fett and there's all and of Kenobi. Kenobi. And Kenobi is, without a doubt, the next live-action Star Wars series. There is no question about that, that Kenobi is the win, next... Trailer win, please. Trailer win, please. I, I don't think I just... we're getting a trailer until the show is at least ha- halfway done. I honestly think... Super Bowl. Super Bowl? Alright. Super Bowl. That, that's uh, when they release the name, right? Uh, What do you mean? That's why like Kenobi was like a like the name was shown, right? No, so the show was announced back in August twenty nineteen at D twenty three during the oh. Star Wars panel. Gotcha. They announced the title and first details uh, in December twenty twenty during Disney Investor Day. Oh, because that's what the money grabber was. Yeah, and then... I mean, Star Wars at the Super Bowl has always been a big thing. They did the Last Jedi name 
No, they, they've never made any announcements during Super Bowl. The only... Well, actually, the only Disney project for Star Wars they've had at the Super Bowl was for um, Solo. Was was for Solo. Yeah, because they don't ever really show trailers for things that come out past July. Because to air a spot in the Super Bowl is so incredibly expensive. And oh, yeah, the yeah. the hype just wouldn't be there for a movie that's coming out in six months. Like, that is a huge missed opportunity. And honestly, it would be a misuse of your marketing budget. Yeah. To I was, air... I want something, because I remember like, me and you walked out, and it's like, oh, kill me, but just you and, you and McGregor's beautiful voice. And like, as much as I love that. I mean, but remember last year they showed that was when we got um uh I think the first full trailer for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is a show that did like people were like I think we're going to get a Black Widow trailer during Super Bowl. Do you really think Black Widow fits the Super Bowl demographic? Well, no. No, it, it doesn't. But Falcon and, and Winter Soldier did. And Kenobi absolutely does. They're going to... No spoilers, because we don't do spoilers for movies in theaters until after it comes out on uh, f- streaming and home vid- 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 video and things. I think they're going to want to capitalize on the hype built by No Way Home. Because this is a very similar project to No Way Home. With characters returning... Um, you know, like Vader and Kenobi facing. Off. Oh, you know what? It's not going to be thirteen straight episodes because there's concept art of them like on Mustafar. I'm still confused about that. So am I. Now is not but, the the time, really. Um, no. But yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, anyway. Hey. Back to I my said, first like, note. Like a day, really. We got like three hours to talk about this. All. Yeah, like a three hour episode. Yeah, back to my first note. Um, We're still on your first note. Well, we actually hadn't started the first note yet. Because I I brought up how we're going to be on Tatooine for a a while because of Kenobi. And you go, trailer when? And I go, eh, let's talk about that for a bit. Um, But yeah, it's going to be soon, I, I think. And especially with how TV shows typically... And how 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 we've seen Star Wars shows do their um their marketing campaigns in all three seasons of live action we've gotten, being Mando season one and two and uh Book of Boba. Like we we've seen how that's worked. And I think we can anticipate anticipate something very similar for Obi Wan Kenobi. So um I really loved how we just started off with the still shots of Jabba's palace being yes. empty because it's it really is quite interesting to see that juxtaposed against how busy it it is in Return of the of the Jedi and in the Clone Wars. My, when my dad talked about the episode with me later, because like he was quarantined in his room because he actually had symptoms for COVID, and I didn't, so I got to like walk around for, like the I didn't get 
my whole family was diagnosed um, the day after Christmas, and I was diagnosed two days later. Mm. Um, so I got to actually like go downstairs and watch on the big TV. Nice. And then my dad, like the next day, when we're all like, okay, we all got officially got COVID, so we can all be together. Um, my dad's like first thought, and I can't believe I didn't talk about this, was the set was amazing. How much money they poured into that to make it look realistic and busy and lively. It was mm-hmm. amazing. Oh, you know what? The, this is the other thing that I, uh, that I, I, I thought that I didn't write down. Is this feels like a show... And I don't mean this in a bad way, but also not in a good way either. I'm just pointing it out. This feels like a show that was produced because of COVID. Is because they they wanted to continue the story, but jumping right in into season three was going to be too much due to restrictions and things. So they did this show with the smaller scale, smaller cast, and you really felt that. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, I I, I think it's it's very clear that the show is not on on as grand of a scale. As Mando was. As Mando was. Because they can't just travel across the world anymore. Because Mando was bordering that. Uh, yeah. And, And let's also just for a second assume these Harrison Ford rumors are true let's just assume that they were true for one second there's rumors about Harrison Ford yeah because he was because he he's shooting Indy 5 right now for Lucasfilm yes yes he he reportedly disappeared for a few days um, Comment, I thought he kind of died there for a at, second. At a different time from when his uh, ankle broke for the 40th time. Right. And he was reportedly seen on the set of Boba Fett. Oh. I, can, I, thought... I cannot oh, comment sorry, no. on any of this. I have not heard anything. I can't comment with like facts, but we can comment with speculations because like there are some things, and and it's primarily with Marvel. There are some things that I, I've heard. Mm. Um, I mean, one of them turned out to be very, very accurate in Spider Man No Way Home. But yes, I mean, literally, I was like given the script of a scene. I'm like, this would be cool. You were given a script, goddamn. I, I I was given a, not like a, an actual part of the script. It was like here's what ha- ha- here's what happens in this one scene, and that oh, cool. is exactly what we saw in the movie. So I have not heard anything about his involvement. Uh, the 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 fanboy in me wants to say yes, but the realist in me is like no. Yeah, my Harrison Ford's not coming back. He, he, he's not coming out. Remember, he he remember, didn't shave for episode nine. Remember when I said that like it was Crimson Dawn that I thought was attacking Boba Fett? Yeah. I thought if it was Crimson Dawn, Kira, as far as we know from the comic or the Bounty Hunters, is the leader of Crimson Dawn. 
Yeah. Darth Maul's dead. So is the guy that... Or is he? That's the... <laughs> pretty good. Darth Maul's dead. <laughs> Maul is dead. Maul is Maul's dead. dead. Do not... Please do not bring him back. That final fight with Kenobi... On the sons of Tatooine is perfection. Let, Do not bring him back, listen please. Listen to Sam Witwer's voice of it. A voiceover of it. It's amazing. It's it's oh, perfect. No. Also, Sam Witwer voices the Rodian. Yes. Oh, he, he did. He, he did vo- yes. voice the Rodian. Totally for free. I thought that. it was funny. It is. Um, but, like, if we saw Kira... We could also see Boba Fett. I mean, Han Solo. We could also we could also see Han Solo, maybe again. Because did you ever play the Battlefront Two campaign? I did, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, it was a decent campaign. It was it was fine. It was too short. It was like three hours long. That is true. But we see Han Solo at Maz's castle, and he's back in the smuggling business. He's not like a giant rebel command. He's not a giant rebel like general. After the Battle of Endor, yeah, for a while. I mean, he did like a couple missions to stop Operation Cinder, but after that, he just went back into smuggling to get money for rebels and stuff. Of course, and so I think that he and both that will have a run in. And who I swear to God, I keep on forgetting his name, but the guy that played Han and Solo, oh, uh, Alden, Alden, Aaron yes, Aaron. bring him back, I, please bring him back. I, some, some new, I wouldn't like, mind seeing him play Han Solo post-Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I mean, look, look. Alden would want to be there. Yes. That's what it comes down to, is Alden Ford, would God. want to be there. Harrison Ford, I don't want to see a DH Han Solo who's grumbling and complaining the whole time. Like, if, if I'm seeing these heroes DH'd, and, and I'm like, we're, like, following their journey... In various uh, pieces of Star Wars, up to the sequels, uh, Han Solo is not going to be like that five or no. six years after the Battle of Endor. No, it's a long process to the Han Solo that, that we see in The Force Awakens, and I really like that Han, Han Solo. Hamill loves Star Wars. I love. I think that Alden was great. I yes. think all the actor that has great. enthusiasm for the thing that they're playing is great. Um, yeah, it it would be fantastic to see him back. I I'd love to see him back. I mean, I mean they they had a uh, Leia in uh, the solo movie or not the solo movie in in Rogue One. This is Rogue where One. the the Paris time starts to get to you a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I very much want to see after Return of the Jedi stuff more with the Rebel Alliance because I want to For see sure. them build an empire. Not a net. Not build. That was poor an choice. Empire. Well, they did. They did. I want. I want to see them build a government. Go back and like. And I want to see Operation Center in live action. And it, I don't need to have Harrison Ford and rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. Hmm. Mark Hamill being DH was great, but like. If we can get a younger actor that looked exactly like Luke Sellers, hell yeah. If they have enthusiasm towards the role and they can act and they can play the character, and yeah, hell yeah. Were the you... Rock plays... Sorry, go ahead. 
The Rock loves every movie he does. He has like so much enthusiasm in every project he does that mm-hmm. whenever you see The Rock on screen, it's like, oh yeah, this is The Rock. He's happy to be there. Like The Rock is always just genuinely happy to be there, unless he's it's Fast and guy. Furious. Like un- unless it's Fast and Furious, he's happy to be there. Yeah, that's a cast problem because he and Vin Diesel just hate each other. He and Vin Diesel. Uh, I, we're not gonna get get into that whole thing. No, they not, they had like know enough about it they care. had worked it out, and then Vin made that post, and then the rocks goes, and I I think when Vin made that post like two months ago, it's like any goodwill that we had together again was out the window. What was the post even about? Again, he, about he made a post. Uh, he wrote an open letter to The Rock on Instagram. Oh. Uh, asking him, begging him to return for Fast 10. He brought up his kids. He, uh, he brought up Paul Walker. And that's not good. Yeah, like... Don't like if you don't do it for me, and if you don't do it for my kids or and the fans, do it do it for Paul Walker. It's like oh, as much as I love their dynamic on screen, and as much as I hate the Hobbs and Shaw movie, you hated Hobbs and Shaw. I hated Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, that I loved that movie, dude. dude I've tried like. I I wanted to love the movie. I've seen Hobbs and Shaw like three or four times. I hate it. I hate that movie so much. With a burning passion. The only part of it that I like is Ryan Reynolds. And I got to see Ryan Reynolds and The Rock t- t- together in Red Notice. It's like, that's what I wanted Ho- Hobbs and Shaw to be. It's just like, once you bring in Ryan Reynolds, he can't just go away. He's got to stay there you the whole time. The Dwayne, you liked the Vin Diesel letter, dude? Hmm? You liked it on Instagram. I, I probably did, yeah, because I follow Vin Diesel. Because he's... I love both of them. I love Vin Diesel and I, I love The Rock. But they both have huge egos. So, anyway, we've got to keep going. we got to keep going. Yes. Um, unused footage from... Episode 2 was super cool. Loved seeing that. Uh, got to see the inside of the, of the Sarlacc pit. That was amazing and really scary. And, like, that stormtrooper getting dissolved with, like, the steam coming off. That was some That was some cool stuff. Speaking of the stormtrooper. Yes. How'd it get there? Because that stormtrooper looked clean. That didn't look like a sand trooper. Yeah, and, and I, I, because there was no stormtroopers on Jabba's vessel at the time that we know about, right? There wouldn't have been any. Maybe like Vader sent someone down there to like look for Boba. You, you know, in my head canon, in my like when I was like eight years old and playing with my action figures and stuff, I always just like imagined that there was a stormtrooper there, so that I could put him in in like the Sarlacc skiff. Oh, alright, yeah. I, I always imagined there was a stormtrooper down there. So, you know, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know, like, Darth Vader, like, I think it's been, like, a comic thing where, like, uh, it's been, like, a fan thing where, like, Darth Vader kept on hiring Boba because he reminded him so much of, like, working with Rex and stuff. Yeah. 
And so, like, if Vader cared enough, like, yeah, send a stormtrooper down there, like that. Since we all know stormtroopers are like pretty much dumb. Oh, dude! I never even thought of that. I never even thought of that. That that he worked with Boba because they. He, oh, dude! I I never thought of that. That, that is the feels just a little bit, doesn't it? Oh, it does. It 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 does. Oh my god, that is. That is intense. Uh, I I don't think that we're gonna play the clip here, guys, because I got the recording device and I got the the device that I'm using to talk to Michael with the um. Uh, the notes up, so I can't play this. But look up, Parks and Recreation Boba Fett. That was amazing, dude. Dude, when it's so for those of you who don't know. Parks and Rec, which is a much funnier show than The Office. Yes. The Office, I, I, in my opinion, is a better show, but Parks and Rec is much funnier. It's much funnier. Um. In like I, I believe it was season five. I believe it was season five of Parks and Rec, uh, and I think the episode was called Filibuster. Though yes, I don't, it was a filibuster, and and Pat and Pat Oswalt shows up. Pat Oswalt, uh, who I I personally love him in the role of Agents Koenigs in uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield, where he plays all the 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 Koenig agents because they're all like identical twins. Loved him 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 in that. Um, but, um, he did a guest star appearance where the filibuster thing is essentially a, a, an old law where it's like, as long as someone in like a meeting at like, uh, well in, in, in the show, it's just like at a city council meeting, if you keep talking, they cannot kick you out. So Pat Oswalt comes cool. in. Pat Oswalt comes in with a full script for Star Wars Episode Seven, and there is a ten-minute clip of this on YouTube because they, it's they didn't. All ad libbed. They it was did not use the whole. Oh, it was all ad libbed. I thought that was his actual it script. Completely, it was completely off the top of his mind. There was no script for it. That is wonderful. For eight minutes, didn't take a breath. That is wonderful. So basically, it it brings in the MCU. It brings in the X Men. It brings in uh, the Transformers. It's so funny. If you guys have not seen this? Go look it up. Parks and Rec, uh, filibuster on on YouTube. It's what he does is completely call out the exact starting episode of Book of Boba Fett. Because it, it it's like well so. Traditional Star Wars crawl. We pan down to the twin sons of Tatooine, and on and we see the Sarlacc pit. It's dead. I think he specifies that. And yeah. the gloved hand of Boba Fett reaches up from the sand, and pulls himself out. The feared bounty hunter is returned. They did that exactly, except a, with no so opening crawl. It was. It was so good. It was so good. And I didn't know what my dad was talking about, so we had to show us there. I was just sitting there in awe for like eight minutes. Oh my god. It's 
Because he called it eight years later. He called it eight years later. Like, that is some Simpson stuff. And, like, it's, like, not the biggest call-out, but, like, it's the most memorable call-out. It's, like, the most memorable scene for, like, the episode, at least in my opinion. Just Boba's just, like, he's alive. Oh, my God. Just this... This... This scene that we've all, as Star Wars fans, played out in our heads for years of the image of Boba Fett escaping the Sarlacc pit. And to actually see it... I'm going to be honest. Huh? I didn't really care if Boba Fett was alive, to be honest. Like, you know what? I could do without... I think, like, Boba Fett. Yeah. Great character, but I could do without him. I don't don't need... I just don't need him to be alive for my happiness. It's just, like, then show us on screen what he can do. Which I think they're getting you, to that. You, you can read about it in in, in a book, in, in a comic, you can play it in a game. It's just something about seeing it on screen. You, you know, it's just something about seeing it on screen. Um, And I, I agree with that. Just show us what he, he, he can do. And so do prequels there, and I will always prefer a sequel to a prequel. Move the story forward. So I think that they're just getting to... And I think why they're including the Tusken Raiders is how ruthless Boba is. And how calm, like, the episode showed him now. Until he was caged in like an animal by like all those shields and just doing everything to escape. You can see it whenever Tamara's like face shows and he's like gritting his teeth. And like you can't tell where his eyebrows is but they're like just down. You can tell that Bo was just pissed and trying to survive. It's not It's not even kill to kill. It's kill so I can be okay. It's a traumatic yeah. thing for Boba because he's was with the Tuscan Raiders. So, so I think he adopted that part. And when, even when he's like walking in or like when like the opening scene with him and Mandalorian, when we first saw that Boba was alive, he had the Tuscan Raiders stick and he just demolished the Stormtrooper's head with it. The previous Boba would have just shot the Stormtrooper to like maybe flamethrowered him. I was just, aiming like, for the other one. I was aiming for the other one. Yes, but this Boba Fett is ruthless, which I think comes with also being the crime lord of Tatooine right now. Boba isn't. Boba has no experience being a crime lord. He's been a bounty hunter. He works for crime lords. Um, so I think this is going to be like, why is Boba going to be okay doing this? Why is he just not going to immediately fail? Because we see him just like kind of being a kind old man until he gets trapped. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I I agree with that. I actually think there's another reason why the Tuscans are there. Right, shoot. Credit for this goes to uh, Star Wars Explained on YouTube, who had this idea uh, coming out of uh, listening to a, an episode of the Force Center podcast. Uh, the Tuscan Raiders... So the three that we see Boba interact with... There's a warrior, there's a youngling, and there's a leader. All three of these are roles that Boba Fett has held or will hold. We've seen him as the youngling in Attack of the Clones. We've heard that he's a warrior 
we've, again, we've never really seen that on screen until The Mandalorian. And we want to see him be the leader. And you true, can true. see it in Empire Strikes Back twice and in Return Jedi once. There are times where he's about to be a warrior. The first thing he says in, in the movie, um, when Vader goes, and I want them alive, no disintegrations, he goes, as you wish. When Chewie attacks the stormtroopers, Boba raises his blaster and Vader says no. In Return of the Jedi, when uh, Leia pulls out the uh, the detonator when she's acting as Boosh. Boosh. How do you say the name? I've never known how uh, to say that. Boosh. It's Boosh. Right. It's Boosh. It's fun to say. Uh, Bosch. <laughs> it's Bosch. I don't know. We'll, we'll do whatever. It'll be good. Um, is... Uh, but in that moment, Jabba handled it, right? Mm-hmm. So what you're looking like a guard dog on a leash. Yes, exactly. Is he never gets to be the warrior because the leader says not yet. Mm-hmm. Now that could have been. I think it's probably due to the budget, or probably Great not. That, that doesn't matter right now. But yeah. Just these. Boba wants to become the leader. There is a reason why he went back to Tatooine after helping Dinjarin. He had a plan. He was like, "Yeah, I want this," but we don't know what he's gonna <gasps> do with it. You, you know what? You know what I think. What? Here's my theory. The gang that we saw, where they destroyed that homestead. I think we're going to see them come to this Tuscan village and they're going to kill the youngling after Boba becomes like a father figure, which I don't want to see. I don't want to see another father figure. And here's the other thing. I I think he's like a fun uncle. (laughs) Like, like the boss. (laughs) Just like uh, the boss. Your mom said, your, your mom reader said not to give you a popsicle. But like, here's a popsicle. You guys n- need to have um, a a dad joke contest. See who can come up with the best dad joke. Your podcast would have dropped negative views. <laughs> All right. That's how bad these jokes are gonna be. Um. The um. And I think maybe the, these guys work for Jabba. Uh, I still think they're Crimson Dawn. Still think they're Crimson Dawn. Um, I'm gonna stick with that. Where did we leave off with Crimson Dawn afterward the of Bounty Hunters? What is their status? Are they still around and stuff, or is it just Kira doing criminal activities? As far as I know, after the auction for Han Solo failed, Crimson Dawn has been on the low. Got it. There's been because the comics really just ended there, or not ended, but like they haven't made any comics after that fact, so. You don't really see much of Crimson Dawn um, between the end of War of the Bounty Hunters to uh, where it is right now. Got it. All Which... we know is that Kira's in control and the Hut Clan is out. There's no more Hut Clan. Yeah. So that was always a story that I was interested in is just the story of Kira 
mean, and and not just because I want to see more of Amelia Clark on screen, but just I, I think that she was like, a super interesting she's character. You I know? mean, yeah, it's like she wants to do good, and like she has a love for Han Solo that you can't because she like owes him just a little bit. But like the things she had to do to survive back on that planet, we don't mm-hmm. know because she got cut off from Han. Han had to go through the Empire and just like jokey and like he had to go like meet the Wookiees and go like stuff. But she worked her way up to be like the right hand man of a uh, right hand woman of a multi planet crime organization. So the journeys that we see between Han and Hero, which allow them to go on the journeys now, is Hero is now the crime lord of a giant. Uh, crime organization that rivals everything else. It has giant power while Han is now the general of the Rebel Alliance. So I'm assuming there's going to be a clash there. And now Boba has now inherited the Hut fortune. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whatever's going to happen. It's a giant power clash. Well, let's actually do this uh, chronologically. So we'll just jump right now to the second flashback. Unless you have anything else to say about the first. Because we, cause we uh, are first, at, like, 53 minutes already. Yes. Besides the your note here of they picked up Cobb Vance but let Boba Fett... Yeah, that's... Now that you point that out, a little confusing. I think it's because Boba grabbed them. It's and possible. So like, yes. And if, if you remember, Cobb Vance also had those uh, jewels with him. Yes. So, we'll see what that means like, Boba grabbed them and they're like, okay, we don't want this guy on the ship. He's going to destroy everything. But, like, Cal Vance, they just took him because he had the crystals on him. Maybe he had more, like, stuck up his ass or something. Which, I mean, I think this show's going to do a Godfather 2 type thing with its storytelling, where we get a story in the past and a story in the present. Yeah, every time, like, he goes, I, I hope it's not, like, every time he goes back into the chamber or, like, the I, back to tank, because, like, if he does that every time, that means Bo's became his ass kicked, like, a lot. Yeah, I, there are other ways they could do it. He could see things that reminds him. He could have dreams. It. There are more creative ways to do it than just every time he gets a little bit injured, he's got to go to the back to tank. Um, nice cutaways would be nice. Like Family Guy style? Yeah. That would be great. I'd love that. Like, if Star Wars detours happened. um, Yeah, what was I going to say? Uh, There was... I I think we're totally going to see Cobb Vanth in this series. Why? What was Cobb Vanth? Because look, 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 look. I think it, it'll prob, probably be in a flashback. I'm not sure. Because, no, like, because look, no, he had the armor. He yes. had the armor. Yes. Boba probably paid him a visit. He had that armor for five years, at least. In those five years, Boba paid him a visit. And he's still alive. Right? I mean, I don't think Boa knew where he was, because he didn't... Because, no, 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 no. Boa was unconscious when the Jawas took him off. All he did was grab and then just sit there in the sand for three more days. Boa doesn't know where those Jawas went, because there's multiple... There's more than just one Jawa clan on Tatooine. So, Boa didn't have the time nor the resources between those five years to go and pay the visit. I think Boba's going to become sort of... 
I think he's going to get pretty high up there in sort of the Tuscan ways. Uh, as Because, look, I think there's there are going to be flashbacks in each episode. That is going to happen. There will be flashbacks in each and every episode. Alright. Like, that's just how the story's going to work now. I personally am much more interested in the crime lord stuff in the present after Mando season two, but you know, that's me too. Just, I mean, speculating about the future of this, uh, of the flashbacks, I think be awesome. Be awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I I do think we're going to see Cobb Vanth. I'm going to disagree with you on this, but All right. like, if you're right, then you can just rub it in my face. We will see who is right. I'm going to say it's over 50% and you are going to say under. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, going into the tribute scenes? Uh, no, no, Let, let's uh, do it chronologically. So, let's start with the other. I, I just thought the monster was so cool. Yes, so that monster was, that was awesome. That, that was a that's, cool monster. We haven't really seen a monster in Star Wars for quite a bit here. Yeah, not... Like, who else thought that that was the Kray the Dragon at first? Oh, well, me too. I thought that was the Kray Dragon. And, like, he can't die yet. No, it's it's a cool-looking centaur thing. It's like a centaur centipede. Yeah, true. Um, I mean, it's just... It's creepy. It gets, like, Tatooine's a scary place, dude. Dude... There are actually two firsts in this episode for Star Wars. I never thought that I'd hear the word molested in Star Wars before. I never thought that we'd ever hear that. Oh, the word molested? Yeah. Uh, I mean, slave lay exists, buddy. Still. You never just thought it'd be like, use my script. Maybe George wrote it in like the eighties or something. <laughs> I I could see that happening. I could see that happening if George were to do that. Um, I think it's just I did see it at some point. It's like, it's not the same definition, but it was still a little bit jarring to hear, you know, especially because it's Disney. True. True. All right. Um, then we have the other first. I believe this is the first slit throat. Uh, and... Because the Gamorrean cuts the, uh, one of the attacker's oh, throats. Okay, right, right. Those Gamorrean, love them. They're like dogs, but, like, really ugly. So this is... It, it, is something I heard on a Rebel Force radio. Remember uh, Jimmy Mack, how we met him, Michael, a couple months back? Yes. Yeah, so I was listening to their full review. Uh, and basically, they brought up something really funny. It was like, are there no fat people in California? Like, seriously. Oh, like, you haven't seen a fat person? Dude. These Gamorians should be fat. I mean, aren't they kind of fat? I thought they were fat. They have like two packs, like they got like dad bods. Well, yeah, like, they got dad because, bods. Like, they, have to, they have to like lift heavy metal and like their guards for a reason. Still, 
It's true. I don't think they're like. It's like Java doesn't. Java didn't feed them all that often. Like he kind of like looked down the Gamorreans and like constantly fed them to the Rancor and stuff. Oh, Java no That's true. Yes. Yeah, so I feel like you know these rank like the, the Gamorreans like they look like Gamorreans. They look like the fat dude guard. Alright, uh, moving on to the, uh, tribute scene. I thought that was super cool. It was funny. Um, even when a Trandoshan paid you compliment it, it sounds like a threat. Yes, so I think it's just, like, the lizard tongue, like, the snake tongue, because they kind of look like snakes. Oh, totally. I think it's, like, it's just, like, a little bit poking fun at, like, their appearance. Was it just me, or did the Twi'lek feel, like, he would have been better off in that other star franchise. This Twi'lek was a little odd, you know what? That whole, uh... About his I voice was like weird. Speakeasy lounge and stuff. Oh, no, I'm... No, you're, you're talking about the mayor's dude. Yeah, the mayor's dude. The major domo guy. Um... I, I didn't really like the way that he necessarily presented himself. He, he felt a little bit just like <sighs> too much like a noble and I don't think that we'd ever seen Twi'leks act like that in Star Wars as far as I can remember. Like the closest I can really think of, of like a Star Wars alien sort of acting like that was in the first episode of Mandalorian with like um, the definition of I'm oh, sorry the what was that guy's name? The 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 Mithril, the oh, the Mithril. Yeah. Then he he showed up again in season two in chapter twelve. Mm-hmm. He, he reminded me of that guy just because like as I I've the been definition of writing someone else's coattails like like I'm the mayor's person you kill me that's gonna be an act on the mayor. He has like this invincibility around him that like he shouldn't have. You know who he reminded me of. So my my dad and I have have been going back through uh, Marvel's Daredevil on Netflix. This yeah. superb series, which if you yes, if I've you've never seen it. it, if you've never seen Daredevil, do yourself well, a I've... favor and watch Daredevil. Yes, it's a great show. It's fantastic, especially with with certain characters. If you liked the Arrow show on CW, you'll like this a lot more. Oh yeah, I haven't seen. Any- anything on CW, but I can tell you this is leagues better than anything on CW. Yes. But this guy reminded me of Wesley. Fisk's dude. Well, Wesley. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Wesley's a lot cooler. (laughs) He does talk a a lot like Foggy, I I felt. (laughs) I'm confused as to why you're fixated on this dude. This dude had, like, a minimal part, but I think he's, like... No, it's just, like... like, it was weird to see a character like that in Star Wars. Don't follow. All right. So moving on to the other Twi'leks. This is also the first time a male Twi'lek has been sexualized in Star Wars. True, true. And I give big thumbs up for diversity. <laughs> Twi'lek bad Um... I love the dynamic so much between Fennec and Boba. Can we talk about the fact that the two main stars of this show, Ming-Na Wen, is 57, and Tim Morrison is 61? 
they're old but they look so hot they're they're both so hot and it's not fair <laughs> like I mean Tiber isn't like hot but he's like got like that like he's like the old dude that you would follow around everywhere yeah yeah and Ming now when like if if you go back to like season one of Agents of Shield, she has that. Like she has aged like a fine wine. What's their skincare routine? Because I'm afraid of mine. So like she has up. aged so incredibly well. It's it's not fair to anybody else. She looks like she's thirty four. Yeah, it's... And they move like they're young, too. Well... I, that I, I know like this is not dumb here, but like... The... Tem... The action in this episode didn't... Wasn't large. Quite, it didn't quite feel like... The, the tragedy episode... Last season on Mandalorian. Right, because I think it, as I said before, it still needs to set the scene, so they focus more on that than any action. I think will be rewarded with a lot more action here in the future. And and I, I'm going to say say this again. I have nothing but the highest of hopes for the rest of the series. Slow start, that's fine. You can build off of that. You can build right. off of that. But look, Mando had a great premiere before Grogu came on the scene. That was a great premiere. And then we saw ba- ba- Baby Yoda, and then it, it was a spectacular premiere. We all love Baby Yoda. We all love the sweet Baby Grogu. Um, so, yeah. Uh, loved seeing Mos Espa for the first time. It felt a lot like Jetta. Yes. Um... I don't need to be carried around the streets like a useless noble. I thought it was a good line. I like that line Very much. quite a bit. I, I like all of Tem's lines. Um, when they he goes, purposeful. When he goes, I walk on my own two feet. And then, um, and when the, the hot guy Twi'lek shows up and he's like, can I clean your helmets? And, and Fennec goes, no. And then Bo- Boba, like, immediately goes, Sure. <laughs> he just hands him both helmets. And he goes, you know, this would be a lot easier if you accepted their ways, which is the same thing that she had just said to him. Love that. It's, an, it's a very... I don't know how to describe the dynamic, but it's they complement each other really well. Yeah. And it's humorous and it's entertaining to watch, and their moments together were pretty good. Now, Michael, I ha- have a question for you. Mm-hmm. 2015 was a big year for Star Wars, right? Uh, the Force Awakens coming out. Yes. Um, big, big year for Star Wars games. Between ba- Battlefront, Battlefront was well, Battlefront was huge in 2015, but another no, no, one, yeah, one, another one that may have slipped by a lot of people's radar was Disney Infinity 3.0, and I love no. that game. Wait, what? What? Where the hell is this coming from? Did you ever play that game? No, so my parents never wanted because they knew how much of a money grab it is for like you to buy all oh, collectible figures. Dude, it it was. It was. Infinity anyway, and Skylanders never played either of those. 
I never played Skylander. I I only played D- Disney Infinity Three because of the Star Wars stuff. I didn't play it for Marvel. I just played for Star Wars because at, at the time I, I wasn't a Marvel fan. Right, right. It was like another year or so be- before I was introduced to the MCU. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah, I've been interested since Avengers because that's the first movie my dad took, to, took me to see. Oh, the very like, first movie you ever saw in theaters was Avengers One. Yeah, that was, the, that was the very first Marvel movie I ever oh, saw. Oh, Marvel movie I ever saw. All right, so the first one I saw was Age of Ultron. Nice. I, I didn't watch the MCU in any order. I I yeah, watched it based on which movies were on the DVR and which DVDs I could get from the library. I have never seen Thor two. You've never seen Thor two. No. Watch Thor two. Like it's, I've seen Thor one, I've seen Thor Ragnarok. It's, seen it's not as bad as a lot of people say it is. Which is what I think that's what I'm gonna go see it for, but like I don't think I need to set aside two hours and don't go see it. No. It's on Disney Plus also, but like here's the thing that's with true. Thor two. Is like, you know new it's sort of the same thing with like new mutants for me. Was I didn't I was I skipped New Mutants in theaters because of COVID and everything? And I just wasn't in, in, interested in it, and I just watched it on HBO Max. Was it decent? So here's the thing: is I don't, I truly don't know. I remember I liked it because my expectations were so incredibly low. I don't know if that's because I I liked the movie or because like I. I was expecting the worst piece of donkey crap you'd ever seen before, but I did enjoy the New Mutants the first and only time I've seen about, I mean, like, nine months ago at this point. So, going to Thor The Dark World with the lowest of expectations, and you'll think it's great. Alright. That is what I say. Don't have high expectations and you won't be disappointed. I think it's... Yeah. Uh, well, it's also you know what? Never mind. Ne- never mind. <laughs> you will know what I'm about. What I'm about to say when you see No Way Home. Uh, because that is a bit of a recurring theme in that movie. Um. So, in Disney Infinity Three Point there is a campaign set in the prequel era. The it, it's not canon in any way. Or, no, it's not canon. I was about to say, or is it? No, it's not canon. But Anakin and Ahsoka and Obi-Wan and Yoda go to visit Jabba the Hutt on Tatooine for reasons in which I don't remember. No, it was, a, it was like the baby. It was the baby thing, right? Dude, I don't remember at all. Was it son? Is Jabba's no. son still alive? No. Well, didn't they... Didn't Vader kill all the huts in um in Ward the Bounty Hunters? But anyway, but yes. what what I'm getting at they still is Jabba's son dead. What I'm getting at is the is Jabba's like palace thing in that game, which is not the same palace from the that we've oh, seen. Oh, you're still in Disney Infinity. They reused that. They used oh. that design for this episode. Oh, dude. Which was super cool. And guess who was there? Who? Max freaking Rebo. Oh my god, yes! 
That cute little blue bastard loved him. That was awesome. I loved seeing him so much. His music is still pumping. Where was Sice Noodles? I don't know. Bet she went to go and kill, like, one more. I bet she killed Rhoda the Hut. I'm looking, dude. You know how frantically I'm Googling right now where Rhoda the Hut is? Have we seen Rhoda since the Clone Wars movie? Uh, I don't. I don't think that he ever showed up again in in the show. Uh, He was in... He was mentioned in Clone Wars The Light and Dark. Hmm. He's in Star Wars Helmet Collection. What the... Uh, in Rhoda Return to His Father. Uh, Pete Dookie Monk. His nickname's Punky Muffin. Punky Muffin. Um... Also nicknamed Stinky. Uh, that's all my notes. That's all my notes. So now it is time to get into... Feedback. Wait, more feedback or feedback? We have have feedback for the episode now. Oh, okay. So what I tweeted out on Wednesday at 4 a.m., but 4 a.m. is 11 a.m. in Paris, so it's different. Um, I tweeted out, what did everyone think of the series premiere of hashtag the book of Wolfett. i thought it was a really good pilot episode but i'm kind of done with disney plus ups being under 40 minutes ha- hashtag star wars ha- hashtag boba fett hashtag fennec shand so uh the chosen one a star wars podcast and in two pieces of feedback uh so uh they say my exact feelings I didn't look at the episode length specifically because I don't I don't want to influence my viewing, but it I definitely felt its brevity by the closing scene. I think that right, right. Br- briefity. I don't I don't know if that's a word. <laughs> um, more right. thoughts on it later though. Plenty of good to grab hold of. And that's the thing with this runtime. It's like as soon as I was feeling the story and I was enjoying it. Bum, 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 Yeah, it was abrupt, gotta be honest. And the, I would like to see, like, the guy get, like, tortured for his information in that episode, and then, like, they could, they could end yeah. that episode to be like, oh, you have a villain at the end, like, like the guy, like, tells you who he's working for. If they had done that at the end of the episode, I think we would all be a lot more happier. Unpopular opinion. Yes. I like the main theme of this show. More Witches. than I... Like the 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 main title, like the 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 theme, the musical score. Oh, I like that more than I do the main theme for Mandalorian. I haven't listened to the theme that much, dude. Dude, I I've listened to it no less than fifty times. I kind of spaced out and just kind of like look at the pictures, mostly because I started feeling like crappy at that time. So I'm like, oh. Episode's done. I have to stop paying attention. Yeah, uh, it was. It, it's a great theme, dude. It's so good. Just uh, I'll just listen to it and get back to you. Check out uh, Ludwig Gornson's Spotify. Yes, because I knew he did that score, but like the so score throughout the episode was amazing. He only did the main theme. It looks like Joseph Shirley 
is doing the music what? for the rest of of the show, which I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Well, then my podcast section was wrong on that. Seems like he is re... Well, no, because in... It, it did say musical themes composed by Ludwig Göransson. Right. So. Well, okay. Uh, I mean, that's all good. It's all good. It and it did seem in this in this in this episode like he that surely used a lot of the same sort of like techniques that Gorenson's used in like Black Panther and Mando seasons one and two, and I mean, it's Gorenson's main titles. It's uh, I noticed the uh, that surely also used uh, the Boba Fett theme from Mando season two, the dun 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 dun. Dun 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 Yeah. Um uh Chosen One Go goes on to say uh anyone wanting to extend their viewing time, I would recommend just rewatching Return of the Jedi from minutes twenty-eight through to thirty-eight minutes to make a nice transition. I'm gonna try that. When when I do my rewatch of this show uh, at the very end, you'll F- go to Return of the Jedi. I'm do these down. these ten minutes of Return of the Jedi first. Alright. Uh, so Return of, of of the Jedi minute twenty eight through minute thirty eight. So thank you so so much, uh, to the the chosen one for sending that that in. Um, Marvel and Star Wars fan JT uh wrote in saying. I think that they need more D- Disney Plus shows to have longer episodes than 40 to 50 minutes, to be honest, to get more variety. The Beatles Get Back currently has the longest episodes for an r- original on Disney Plus, and, and Hawkeye finale being an hour was a nice change last week. Yes, Hawkeye finale was an hour. That's so great. <laughs> it's a full hour. Um... It was a great finale. No, it was not. It. No, it was I'm not. I'm gonna disagree about with you this later. That is totally fine. Um, yeah, Beatles got back. Is had had like three hour long episodes. I have not watched that at all. I have not either. It's like, oh my god, it's Peter Jackson. I know this is incredible. And it's the most incredible TV show I'm ever gonna watch. So there are two reasons I'm not watching it. One is because. It's nine hours to go through the whole thing. For Beatles? Yeah. Oh. The other reason... The other reason is that I know that once I, I watch it, I can never go back to just regular TV. And even then, like, I can never go back to, like, the Mandalorians and, and the WandaVisions of just that superb storytelling that they have on those shows. All right. Uh, last little thing here and this is short uh lonely abandoned beagle wrote in saying let's hope that obi-wan kenobi will Hmm? his name is what lonely abandoned beagle and uh their uh profile picture is snoopy from the uh peanuts movie that came out 2017 i think on brand on brand uh lonely Abandoned Beagle wrote, "Let's hope that Obi Wan Kenobi has forty-five to sixty-minute episodes. I hope so because it's just a miniseries. 
Right. Like, Andor, I think it's, it's 12 episodes. Again, unless they shot two seasons at once. Gotcha. Unless they shot two, which I don't think that they did, but it's definitely a possibility. Then it's gonna be thirty-five minute episodes because it's twelve of them. You know, you might get some variety in there, but it's gonna be mostly that. Yeah, but Book of Boba Fett is five episodes. I don't know where they're gonna go. Oh, it's it's seven episodes. If it was just five, I would have been a lot more upset with this. Because you would have had to have given us so much more if this was only going to be five episodes. But it's seven. This episode, though, the one that that drops tonight in like two and a half hours, which I'm not staying up for at this point. I'm exhausted. Um, I need that to be a bit better. Give us some more. So uh, that's going to do it, I think. I have nothing else to say really on this episode. I'll me neither do that. I probably need to get to bed because the parents are, I, I'm calling it now and my parents are like, what the hell took you so long? I'll be like, it's all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, what time do you want to do? We, we are, are going to schedule this right now here on the podcast. Michael, what time should we do our instant take in, in the morning? Um, you want to go set seven at a.m.? Do, do you want to do that? Can... Oh, that's going to be it. I'm not going to be up at 7 a.m. All right, let's do 7.30, 8. I'll do 8, yeah. 8, all right, let's, let's do it at 8. I will probably get already seen the episode two two times. If if it's good, three. If right, it's yeah. really good, If it's really good, three times. So, yeah, 8 a.m. Uh, I guess 9 a.m. is when it would drop. So, by 9 a.m. tomorrow, central, chi- central time, you will have our... Instant take reaction on the Book of Boba Fett episode two. I'm excited. I'm very excited. I have it's no like, predictions. You have my number, right? Just call me if you if I'm not up. But... All right, cool. I I I will. Um, I'm glad I I have your per- permission that for that. And all all of you guys should have Mike's n- number also. So Michael's no, number. Is... No, it's <laughs> God, got you up right there, guys. <laughs> this has been the end of Tuscan. Book of Boba Fett. Ty Tuscan Radio, uh, please leave a, a five-star review on, on, on iTunes. It really does help help out a lot. If you are a Marvel fan, go and check out uh, another Marvel podcast. We got uh, our Shang-Chi commentary dropping this week. And then next week is our Eternals commentary because that's dropping on Disney+. Plus. We're, we are reviewing the Deadpool movies um, because why not? Let, let's just go through these classic, like all, I, I'd like to do as, as many classic Marvel movies as we can before Multiverse of Madness comes out because we, we don't know who might pop up. Yeah, like, yeah. Hell, we'll talk about Ang, Lee, Ang Lee's Hulk movie, and I hate that movie. We'll, we'll talk about it. I mean, Iron Man popped up, but so, or RDG popped up, and I still am not that upset about it, but still... Oh no no, Ang Lee's from two from two thousand three. Oh, I actually do quite like the In- Incredible Hulk from two thousand eight. With Robert, who was that guy? Norton? With with Ed Ed Norton. Yes, I, I know. I really like that. I, I I don't really like it, but I like it. 
it's not bad. I, it's not a bad movie. Yes. At some point, I'd like to see a solo Hulk film with. Dude, I'd love to see that. But like, can he carry the film by himself? Is the question. Imagine and that's a question for another time because I need Hulk, to go. Hulk No Way Home with Mark Ruffalo and Ed Norton <laughs> oh. and um. And Angley. whoever played him in uh in in the Angley movie, I don't know what what, what the actor. Oh, uh, Eric Bana and and Eric Bana, you got all three of them, mm. and and you bring in the Hulk from like this the seventies TV show, uh, Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes. Oh my God, dude, I love it. That Hulk was goat. That Hulk he was, was the I goat. Love that Hulk. All right, all right. well, good that night, is it. Drew. Good night. I need to head out. All right. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. I'm Drew Gretsch. And I'm Mike Badrov. The Force will be with you always. Always. Walk on your own two feet. I have spoken. Adios.